Welcome to the Primal Endurance Podcast. Slow down and enjoy the show, where we rap, literally, about everything you need to know. I'm your host, Brad Kearns. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, would you like to learn all about a very important biofeedback measurement known as heart rate variability, previously only possible to measure through a laboratory or hospital EKG report, and now, for the first time, this incredible technology, mobile device, and a chest strap, you can measure your own heart rate variability every single day and record this important value that is the measurement in the variation of beat-to-beat intervals in your heart rate. So, probably the greatest innovation in training and recovery monitoring since since some smart people started to track the resting heart rate values probably 50 or 60 years ago, realizing that athletes would have variation in resting heart rate based on their uh, level of stress and recovery in their hard training patterns. So HRV's actually been used for decades, going back to the Eastern Bloc athletes were into this technology, uh, required a $30,000 laboratory device, and 11 electrodes placed all over your body. So it was a big deal, highly sophisticated. Joel Jameson, one of the early pioneers over at eightweeksout.com, the noted MMA trainer who's been on the uh, Primal Endurance podcast before and the Get Over Yourself podcast before, he's been using this stuff for years and years, and he indeed had to use one of these expensive machines in the early days. And now the technology's gotten better and better, and we can all do it. You just have to go to the App Store and get my exciting new custom-developed app called Bradbeat HRV. That's right, I have my own HRV app. Oh my gosh, the hurdles and difficulty of becoming an app developer on the App Store and getting approved. They get rid of all that fly-by-night stuff. So we made it through all the hoops. My technology partner in this venture is called Sweetwater Health. They're the developers of the HRV technology and custom licensed this with my specifications for a really simple and easy to monitor and record your HRV values daily or on a regular basis and identify your general state of health, recovery, and stress-rest balance. So this wonderful tool of great interest to athletes to make sure that you are training in a sensible manner and to guide your training decisions. And here's the key and the critical importance of HRV is it gives you a direct window into the functional state of your autonomic nervous system. These are the two branches, sympathetic and parasympathetic. So it's giving you a direct window into your stress-rest balance that you might not be able to easily identify by subjective evaluation or by tracking just resting heart rate. So this goes deeper into the functional state of your cardiovascular system, particularly the harmonious balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic function. Probably you're familiar with the sympathetic nervous system, which we call the fight or flight activation, whereby the parasympathetic nervous system nickname is the rest and digest activation. So we want to have these in harmonious balance in general or over the long term, knowing that a stressful day or a stressful workout will put us into sympathetic dominance because our body likes to rise to the occasion, pump out fight-or-flight hormones, 
get stuff done. Some of that stuff includes uh, traveling on jets as a sympathetic stimulator, uh, doing hard workout, uh, engaging in a, uh, a very stressful week at work or with the kids or whatever's going on in your hectic modern life. But to be able to gauge where you stand and transcend the often confusing influence of stress hormones. This is something that I've experienced so many times in my athletic career where training really hard, activating the fight or flight hormones, challenging your body to peak performance efforts, and then riding along on this endorphin high, this stress hormone buzz, to the extent that you don't realize that you're out of stress rest balance. You're running on fumes, you're running on adrenaline. I think we can all relate to this if you reflect on times in your life where you have a prolonged personal crisis, uh, family illness, relationship trauma, whatever it is, and you're kind of locked into this wired state where you don't feel normal sensations of fatigue, you don't have trouble getting out of the bed in the morning, instead you wake up, your hands are shaken, you're nervous, you're not hungry, you're racing through your day, you're going, 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 burning the candle at both ends, we have the people working toward their IPO at the startup and putting in the hours and they're so energized and focused that they have no problem working 12, 14, 15 hours a day doing it the next day. But then what happens when we prolong this imbalanced lifestyle is we crash and burn because the fight or flight response is designed for brief fight or flight, life or death efforts, survival efforts, running from the proverbial saber-toothed tiger back in primal times. And today, we activate fight or flight, we overstress the fight or flight mechanisms routinely when we engage in chronic training patterns, or we travel frequently across time zones, or we're trying to do it all and raise the kids and clean the house and make a career and then go get our workouts in. So when you measure HRV in conjunction with the long popular resting heart rate, you get a very accurate indication of where you stand and a wonderful guideline to make sensible training decisions including pulling back the reins even when you feel good and motivated because you have indicators through your HRV values that you're out of stress-rest balance. You're in sympathetic dominance. Someone's telling you to calm down. You say, I know, no, I feel fine. I'm going to go, 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 go. Okay, so the numbers don't lie on the heart rate variability. So when your heart is beating, let's say 60 beats per minute, for example, It's not really pumping blood once per second. There is a subtle variation in the rhythm of the heartbeats. This is called the RR interval uh, as seen on the spikes on the EKG graph. So if you're looking at an EKG readout on a spreadsheet, you will have a value for each RR interval in between heartbeats. Uh, So if you're getting a total value of 60 beats per minute, right, and you look at the RR intervals, you will see values like 1.07 seconds, 0.98 seconds, 0.94, 1.01, 1.04, and it totals up to 60 beats per minute. But this variation is very important because what we want is we want a harmonious balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic. So sympathetic dominance is making your heart beat in a metronomic manner. The more stressed you are, the more your heart beats 
in a metronomic manner. Consider when you're up doing an intense workout and your heart rate gets up to 190, it is going bang, 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 bang with minimal variation. Now, if you're in a yoga class and you're doing some meditation and you're minding your breathing, you're super, super relaxed, the parasympathetic system is dominant and you are experiencing a slowdown of your heart rate thanks to parasympathetic influence and then a speeding up of the heart rate thanks to sympathetic. And so they're in harmonious balance and you're going to get a greater variation in beat-to-beat intervals. So this is perhaps counterintuitive. The greater the variation in your beat-to-beat intervals, the more chill you are and the more healthy your cardiovascular system is functioning. Isn't that interesting? So what you're doing when you're tracking HRV is you're getting a value uh, for simplification. The developers of the technology put the HRV on a 1 through 100 scale. So we're taking this uh, RR intervals, tracking that, and assigning a value from 0 to 100 on the HRV scale. Uh, The lower the HRV, the more metronomic your heart is beating. The higher the HRV score, so the higher score is better because that indicates a great variation in your beat-to-beat intervals because you're getting influence from both sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So that example I recited where it says 1.07, 0.98, 0.94, 1.01, 1.04, this person is more chill and perhaps has a stronger cardiovascular system than a weak, feeble, overstressed, or overtrained person who might get RR intervals of 1.01, get me? Okay, so the calculation comes out to a 73 on the 1 through 100 HRV scale, or a 58 on the HRV scale, or a 92 on the HRV scale. So you're striving to uh, track over time higher values, and in fact, if you get in shape you will see a gradual trend toward a higher HRV value. Got it? Here's the other thing. It's extremely personal. So whatever your baseline average value is that you establish over time from carefully tracking it, that is what you want to monitor. You don't want to compare to the next person as much as we're doing when we talk about resting heart rate and the elite athletes are getting their resting heart rate down in the 30s and an unfit person who smokes has a resting heart rate of 100, and the average person has 72, and it's a more linear discussion of uh, lower resting heart rate means you're fitter and stronger. With HRV, it's so personal that whatever your calculation is, that's what's important to you. Yes, of course, an unfit or weak, feeble person, overstressed person is going to have HRV values probably in the 40s or the 50s, and an elite athlete might see HRV values in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, But generally speaking, we want to just focus on our own HRV baseline and HRV trends over time. For example, my uh, average HRV values are probably in the low 70s, and I know people that are similarly fit and healthy to me that are running HRV numbers in the 90s. And I'm like, wow, man, how'd you get up that high? But it's like, it don't matter, okay? Because what we're trying to do is track these trends and make sensible training decisions based on Uh, stress-rest-balanced state of recovery. So here's how to get with the program and get high-tech. And I am the advocate for low-tech. I think a lot of this uh, monitoring devices and wearables are so ridiculous because my athletic career 
predates all this stuff. And it seems like much ado about a techie just for the fun and the interest of being a techie rather than actually helping you uh, become a better athlete or a healthier person. But I will make the exception to tr- the incredible value of tracking resting heart rate, of course, as we've done for decades, and particularly HRV, which is taking uh, far beyond the value of resting heart rate, going to the next level and looking in that window to your autonomic nervous system functioning. So, how do we get involved? First, you got to get the tools, man. Smartphone app, that's the device that's actually giving you an EKG in the comfort of your own home, right? It's EKG technology brought to the app, and you need a wireless chest transmitter. You might be familiar with using these when you're doing heart rate training and you have a heart rate watch. So you need to get the Bradbeat HRV app for your iPhone, and then you need a Bluetooth-enabled chest strap uh, rated with the term low energy. That's the qualification. Uh, a great strap is made by Polar. It's called the H7, or Wahoo makes a nice chest strap. You can go on Amazon and find these for around 60 bucks, 65 bucks just for the strap. Or if you have a really sophisticated device like a Garmin or a uh, high-end Polar watch, you can probably use the same strap for the HRV app. Uh, But if not, you need to get this low-energy Bluetooth-enabled chest strap, and I have links on the, uh, the app page, approved devices that work with the Bradbeat HRV. Bradbeat, not available for Android yet, but there are numerous other choices, so you can get all educated about HRV and get the technology that works for you if you're using Android. But we're talking for the iPhone, simple, go buy the app. It's all of $9.95 for this amazing technology. And then the strap's going to cost you 60 bucks if you don't have one already. So what you're going to do is get into a rhythm of establishing your HRV baseline over a good period of time, maybe three weeks, a month of a period of time in your life where you're feeling normal, you're not overstressed, and get a really strong baseline value. Track it every single day. Uh, The app actually has one button. You push it and you hit save, and everything's archived online. You have an account. You can email your RR report to your doctor if you want. If you see yourself skipping a lot of beats because the ectopic beats, the unusual beats where your heart rate uh, gets too many or too few, will be revealed uh, prominently on the graph with a red spike. (sighs) I hate when that happens, yeah? And more of them happen when you're under stress in life. So kind of getting connected with your stress level in this way will help you in a big picture uh, with tools like regulating your breathing and getting good at lowering your Uh, stress response, raising your HRV. And when you're having a tough day at work, go back to your cubicle, sit down, take a few breaths, maybe even put the app on and just get connected to the autonomic nervous system. But for athletes, fitness enthusiasts, uh, the basic objective here is to measure your heart rate and HRV at the same time every day in a relaxed state in bed, as relaxed as possible 
Uh, so first thing you do is get up and pee because I've noticed that even having to pee slightly will influence my HRV value. It's a slight stress stimulation just to have to relieve yourself. So you get back in bed, you lie down, relax, you strap up with the wireless chest strap, you launch the app, and you lay quietly in bed. And the morning HRV test, there's a single button you push for the morning HRV test. There's another button for uh, testing at any time so you can have different... Uh, uh, database values there and you wait three minutes that's how long we need to get the accurate uh, calculation for all the values and I'll talk about the LF and HF values shortly but after three minutes a beeper will go off and you'll get your morning value so as you probably know there's some correlation between low resting heart rate. We've always thought that to being that you're in a good state of recovery, ready to train hard, and a high HRV, pairing low resting heart rate with high HRV. But there's so many nuances to this technology that I'm going to describe uh, in a little more detail what all the trends might mean. But generally, that's what we're looking for, right, is low resting heart rate, high HRV. That means your cardiovascular system is rested and strong and ready to go. Now, there happens to be an additional level of sophistication to this HRV technology, and these are values called LF, low frequency, and HF, high frequency. So within the HRV reading, you're getting a low frequency uh, output for the cardiovascular system and the high frequency. Generally speaking, the high frequency is associated with parasympathetic function and the low frequency is associated with sympathetic function. So inside that HRV number, you can go a little deeper and track these values of HF and LF. And again, we're looking for baseline or we're looking for uh, patterns, consistent patterns. So HF and LF in balance, that means parasympathetic. Maybe parasympathetic is a little bit dominant in the morning because we don't want to wake up into high-stress morning. Uh, we'll look for HF ratio 1 to 1, HF to LF, or 2 to 1, HF to LF. But again, highly individual. So we're just looking for if your HF seems to be around 2,000 every morning and LF is 1,000, you chart that, you track it, and then if one day your LF is 5,000 and your HF is 500, and believe me, this stuff can happen, especially when you wake up the next morning after taking a five-hour flight and getting missing your bedtime, eating a bunch of food at midnight when you land in New York, and grab a pizza slice on the street and then get up at 8 a.m. getting ready for your meeting, your values are going to be whacked. And even if you feel fine and ready to go for a six-mile run through Central Park, your HRV readout is telling you that you are in sympathetic dominance and a strenuous workout at that time is probably not a great idea and you're digging a hole into the world of overstress rather than respecting the need to balance that uh, hectic travel schedule and disturb sleep with a gentle walk in the park instead. Okay, so we have the HRV, zero through 100 scale, higher being a stronger and more uh, balanced cardiovascular output between sympathetic and parasympathetic, and then a deeper look at sympathetic with the LF value, the low frequency, and the HF value, the high frequency. Okay, so uh, speaking of LF and HF, we're looking for that ratio, and we're also looking for the total 
value. So if I mention that example of 2,000 and 1,000, and then another day it's 500 and 250, so you have kind of a lower number on both, that just means a lower level of activation of your autonomic nervous system, possibly indicative of uh, being tired or just not enthused for an exciting high-energy, high-productivity day. So for quick example, here's looking at my uh, exercise journal uh, routine week of uh, pretty good workouts, no trouble uh, tracking my HRV and heart rate every morning. So here's one reading that says heart rate 49, HRV 72, HF 1500, LF 1000, so close to one to one. Uh, next day, HRV, excuse me, HR 52, HRV 79. Uh, LF3000, HF1000, so a little bit more activation of the sympathetic nervous system on that day. Oh, why? Because I flew to Portland the night before. Uh, Here's another one, heart rate 55, HRV71, HF2500, LF1000, back to a little more parasympathetic balance, but all these are in a nice enough range where I don't really care and everything's going fine. Now, here's some nuances to learn about to help you adjust your training if necessary and also uh, appreciate the technology uh, perhaps further than the basic notions that get bantered around. Uh, One thing to note in terms of low resting heart rate, because we've always thought that lower is better and elite marathoners have heart rates in the 30s. Okay, if you have a sustained pattern of a lower than normal resting heart rate, this could mean that you are bombed out overtrained. Your heart is actually tired. I remember on one of the worst bouts I had of overtraining when I was competing as a pro triathlete, my heart had dropped My resting heart rate had dropped lower than I'd ever seen it, 36, 38, 36. Usually it was 42 to 44. For years and years, that was my range. Maybe 42 to 48 was the normal range, and all of a sudden I'm in the high 30s. And I saw all kinds of doctors wondering what was going on. I was exhausted for weeks on end. Obviously, it was uh, adrenal exhaustion, too much traveling, too much racing, and the smartest guy among the whole bunch, because no one said anything was wrong with me. I was a super healthy, fit specimen. But I went to this acupuncturist, and he said, your heart is tired. (laughs) My heart was so tired, it was only beating 36 beats a minute. Dr. Maffetone confirms this thinking, not just uh, goofy speculation, but that sustained lower than normal resting heart rate is maybe not good news. Now, a sustained lower than normal HRV indicates that you are in long-term Uh, chronic overstimulation of the stress response. Your heart is beating in a metronomic manner due to your highly stressful lifestyle practices, including training binges where you're pushing the envelope. And here's the funny thing. Uh, There's this resistance response to exercise, it's called, whereby the harder you train, the more stress hormones you put out, 
And sometimes for a brief period of time, the better you feel and you can buzz along on this stress hormone high and feel great. Even HRV values and resting heart rate values will be favorable, uh, let's say the next day after a really stressful workout. This is called the resistance response to exercise stress. Your body loves rising to the occasion when you tackle a challenge. This is me quoting myself in Primal Endurance, and will stay in a heightened state of arousal for a certain period of time after it's over. That could mean you feel fresh the next day, or you go six weeks really hardcore, and then you bomb out, or Debbie Potts story, she's been on the podcast. I've been on her excellent holistic athlete podcast. Uh, she went 10 years of hardcore Ironman racing around the globe, including six times finishing the Hawaii Ironman World Championships. And then one day everything fell apart and she went on a multi-year journey to reclaim a healthy, balanced life. She had just output so much energy into Ironman triathlon that her system completely fell apart. And oh my gosh, this is a more common trend than we realize. We don't see endurance freaks bombing out and then going on Instagram and putting up a pound low HRV. It's more like a pound, excuse me, hashtag is the proper term, hashtag epic view from the summit, okay? But what happens to a lot of uh, high-stress athletes that don't respect proper stress-rest balance is this overtraining syndrome. Dr. David Neiman, professor of health and exercise science at Appalachian State, former vice president of the American College of Sports Medicine, authority says... Overtraining syndrome is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in my 30 plus years of working with athletes. To watch someone go from that degree of proficiency to a shell of their former self is unbelievably painful and frustrating. Oh my goodness. So let's see if HRV can save us from these jumping off the cliffs, these falling off the cliffs where we have no warning and we completely bomb out. Uh, there's an article, a sidebar in the book Primal Endurance where uh, I had just this exact example of doing a really high stress sprint workout in hot temperatures and then the next morning getting a high HRV value and a low resting heart rate thinking wow I recovered really well from that workout 12 hours prior but it was this resistance response to exercise 24 hours after that so 36 hours after the workout had an absolute nosedive on HRV from 54 from 72 to 54 or something so if you're off by more than 10%, let's say, so I was reading out of my journal and it said 71, 79, 74, uh, that's nothing to be concerned about. But if you're losing, uh, you know, 7 to 10 points on the 1 through 100 scale uh, for uh, more than one or two days, you're talking about a overstress pattern and a necessary adjustment to your training pattern. So that's what we want to look for is this baseline, 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 and then seeing a trend downward with the HRV readings or a change in the usual ratio of HF to LF. Uh, 
Again, I want to reiterate the importance of measuring HRV at the same time every morning in a completely relaxed state. So no coffee, no chit-chatting while you're measuring it, no TV on in the background. Just want to really relax and pull off uh, a good number and also get that resting heart rate down to an accurate resting heart rate value. Here's another nuance that I only recently learned about from Joel Jameson. I believe he talked about this a little bit uh, in his episode on the Get Over yourself podcast is if you see a spike, a much higher than normal HRV, this is widely believed to mean rock star, (laughs) but Joel says not so, right? So the general uh, uh, assessment here is that if your HRV is higher, that means you are really super rested and recovered and ready to go kill it, or you're getting fitter and fitter, and now your heart rate variability is in the 70s instead of the 60s. But what Joel has observed with his elite athletes and regular clients is that this spike in HRV, so again, departing from your baseline, could mean that the parasympathetic is really kicking in to become dominant. Remember, parasympathetic dominance means uh, more variation in beat-to-beat intervals. Sympathetic dominance, the metronomic heartbeat, is because you traveled across the country and woke up in New York City, uh, had a pizza the night before, right? Uh, Stress factors getting you into sympathetic dominance, and that's a lower-than-normal HRV. So we know that lower-than-normal HRV is an issue, Uh, overstress pattern, higher than normal HRV, parasympathetic dominance could mean that the parasympathetic system is really kicking in big time because you've fried yourself with a bout of overly stressful workout days, traveling days, whatever it is. So it's sort of a recovery reaction to overstress periods. While the parasympathetic is Uh, beyond normal dominant, this is a sign that you're fighting hard to recover from the previous stress. Therefore, you don't want to slam yourself again until that HRV is back down to normal. So I know we're used to uh, bigger is better, more is better thinking, especially in the fitness realm and to get everything in proper perspective. I know it's a little confusing and maybe tough to follow, especially if this is your first exposure to it, but I want to get this point across that our main goal here is to track and establish a healthy baseline and notice departures from that baseline and make adjustments in our training or in our stress rest patterns of life accordingly. So one cool benefit of doing this every day is teaching yourself to relax to get the good reading and noticing what things uh, cause a disturbance to your stress response system. Even gentle conversation or even having to pee a tiny little bit gives you a little bit of sympathetic spike and you're going to get a lower reading. Believe me, I've tracked this and evaluated it. So learn how to relax get skillful at laying there and getting a good reading. I like to gaze at the uh, the graph in real time and try to control my heart rate. Uh, yogis can do it. I can't brag that I'm going to uh, raise and lower my heart rate like a, a true adept, but what I'm doing is looking at that graph and trying to achieve more beat-to-beat variation. 
when I see the numbers popping up on the screen in real time, 1 1.213, 1.117, 1.090, 1.341, and then that's translating over into the uh, real-time HRV calculation. So much fun, and there is some value to doing this anytime you feel stressed because we're so used to locking in to sympathetic dominance that we're living this overly stressful lifestyle, driving accelerated aging and disease risk factors. There's a great quote from the co-founder of Sweetwater Health, these two high-powered ladies, Rhonda Collier and Joe Beth Dow, down in Silicon Valley. They had long careers in the software and the programming industry, and they transitioned their tech skills into their passion for health and developed this technology. Uh, so Rhonda's talking about how we are so accustomed to hectic, fast-paced, high-stress lifestyles that we don't even understand, we don't even realize the significance or the importance of bringing that parasympathetic system into the mix. Uh, quote from Rhonda, the brain acts as a pattern matcher and a filter. That's the brain's job. The brain recognizes what's familiar and filters out other things so you can remain focused on the task at hand. If you're in a chronic fight or flight state, your brain recognizes this familiar operating mode. You feel amped, emotional, reactive, harried and rushed and so forth, but you feel comfortable in this operating mode. Sound familiar? Sound like anyone you know? Yes, it's easy to point fingers, but how about reflecting for a bit there? Do you feel comfortable in high-stress mode? The brain accepts even a dysfunctional situation or dysfunctional behavior because it is familiar. You might even feel relaxed and think everything is fine since your familiarity filters out any negative perceptions of chronic stress. Instead, your chronically stressed state shows up in the form of absent-mindedness. Yes, high cortisol levels, high sympathetic stimulation does not correlate with good brain function. The brain works better when we're relaxed and focused rather than harried and stressed and distracted. And Rhonda mentions the example of the cyclist driving into his garage with a bicycle on his roof rack. It happens so many times that the uh, mechanic the repair guys at the bike shops, uh, before the customers all the way across the store, they say, oh, roof rack into the garage, huh? The person's like, yeah, how did you know? Oh, mercy. So as we get uh, more in tune and track every single day our HRV readouts and our low frequency and high frequency readings, I believe that we can gain a greater appreciation for the stress-rest balance. That's what makes it a lot of fun and also the ability to make good decisions. So quick summary of everything. Get started on HRV technology. It's the cutting edge stuff. It goes beyond that resting heart rate, but you need the tools first, which is to get a wireless chest strap uh, labeled Bluetooth low energy chest strap. Look for the Wahoo, like the fish tacos in California. It's a restaurant chain, W-A-H-O-O, -O, or the Polar H7, long respected as the leading brand in heart rate uh, technology. So you get your chest strap and then you can uh, download the Brad Beat HRV app on the App Store. And there you go. You pay uh, $9.99 and you are in business. So you just launch the app. You sign up for the uh, free account so you can log and archive all your uh, results and you go to town. 
a simple pushing of a few buttons, uh, pairing your Bluetooth chest strap with the app, and you are off and running. Uh, the morning measurement is a three-minute stint, so you lay in bed, relax for three minutes, super relaxed, and try to get a good reading, recording the resting heart rate, the HRV value on a 1 through 100 scale, and the LF and HF ratio, that's low frequency, high frequency, sympathetic, parasympathetic. And then you're going to track your values over time, making sure that you have a really accurate baseline over three or four weeks' time, and then notice any trends away from your normal baseline in both resting heart rate, HRV, and LF and HF total values, and LH and LF and HF ratios. Okay, so low HRV reading is a sign of a metronomic heart rate, uh, indicating that you're overstressed, uh, overtired, uh, have a weak cardiovascular system in general if you're unfit, and a high HRV would mean that you're uh, rested, uh, parasympathetic and sympathetic in harmonious balance, giving you a good variation in beat-to-beat -beat intervals and uh, indicating a strong cardiovascular system in general. And don't forget those nuances, such as a spike in HRV beyond your baseline could mean that parasympathetic is working hard to get you back into balance after frying your system with a lot of sympathetic stimulation uh, and also the low resting heart rate not always being a good thing could mean a bout of uh, adrenal exhaustion from prolonged pattern of overstimulating fight-or-flight response, and also the resistance response to exercise stress, where I blast myself with a sprint workout in 100-degree heat and wake up the next morning 12 hours later and have a very impressive reading, only to see the HRV value tanking 24 hours after that. So you can ward off overtraining patterns with uh, minimal delay, uh, unlike just measuring resting heart rate. How's that? You got a good education? I know it's a little techie there, uh, but if you can get into this and learn to use this to your advantage, it can help you make great training decisions and lifestyle decisions too. Thank you for listening to everything you need to know about HRV. Go on to the App Store, check out Brad Beat HRV. There's a lot of technical specs and more discussion of how to uh, get the right chest strap and what to do and some of the other benefits and values that it measures, how to upload them, all that fun stuff. All right, gonna go relax and measure my HRV. Hey everyone, join us for Keto Reset Month. This is a month of free email content, plus amazing offers, giveaways, and a huge grand prize to help you kickstart or recommit to keto. You can go to primalkitchen.com forward slash keto reset. And here's what you'll get when you subscribe. You'll get an incredible offer to buy a Primal Kitchen Advanced Keto Kit and get the Keto Reset Mastery Course for free, which is $147 value, a month of free exclusive email content from Mark Sisson, free keto learning materials such as ebooks, food lists, recipes, meal plans, and more, and additional offers and recipes from Primal Kitchen, Mark's Daily Apple. So go to primalkitchen.com forward slash keto reset and join us.